Welcome to VCR, a vintage cinema rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. And I'm simultaneously more and less afraid of the water. (laughs) That's a great way to put it, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, everybody. This week, we're doing Piranha. Yeah. And you know what? I thought this was a really interesting watch. Uh, This isn't really something that we typically do on this podcast a lot. We watched, like, what's considered a bad but also a cult movie. And this is a really interesting niche movie, right? Like it's a horror comedy. It's a parody of Jaws. It doesn't even break the top probably 10,000 movies on IMDb, right? Probably not even the top 2,000, if we're being honest. (laughs) Yeah, but like at the same time, it's a relatively fun movie and it has some, actually some really interesting horror elements to it yeah i'm just gonna spoil my opinion straight out of the gate i actually liked this movie a lot more than i thought i would so did i yeah so did i although this is kind of my there's a niche of these kind of horror comedies that have some camp to them that really do actually appeal to me and for example like i watched this movie called killer clowns from outer space a few weeks ago and it was very much similar vibe to this Mm mm-hmm so you know and and these movies are tight too like these are like hour and a half movies that you know you could throw on pretty casually it certainly doesn't overstay its welcome that's for sure exactly and so there's a lot of appeal to a film like this a film that it knows that it's not trying to be the best movie ever and it kind of just you know it it stays in its lane and that's okay yeah but this movie does try though doesn't it like watching this movie (laughs) i was kind of like so what's funny is that you texted me you were supposed to record with jason and then he had a other commitment so you texted me you said can you do piranha and i went yeah sure and then you texted me almost like a disclaimer like this is a horror (laughs) comedy so i don't know if this is from agiri you don't trust me anymore but you were like this is a comedy okay like expect some bad dialogue and i went okay (laughs) and i watched it and i was like the dialogue isn't actually that bad. Like, it's kind of charming in parts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, so that said, this is the primer episode. We're not going to talk too many spoilers during this episode. And I think where we'll start off with is probably the plot. Okay. So the movie Piranha is, as you might have guessed, a sleepy little town is assailed by mutant piranhas <laughs> that have escaped from a abandoned government research facility so (laughs) just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water it's not and uh a plucky person finder and a drunk hick have to save the town from the evil piranhas yeah and that's and that's all the plot you need baby (laughs) what more could you possibly want for a premise yeah really yeah piranha it's got piranhas in it What's really nice about this is, again, going back to the fact that it's a 90-minute film, it really just cuts to the chase, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't need to get into the characters' backstories, although what's really cool about this is this film does exposition actually relatively well. Like, you know, we know who each of the characters are, and part of it is because each character is a character of certain type of, like, you know person kind of thing. Like, we've got the grumpy drunk loner. We've got, like... The kind of plucky intrepid career woman yeah we've got crazy mad scientist guy we sure do (laughs) my favorite part is when he like 
when you first meet him and he just just bursts into the scene like what are you doing <laughs> then he attacks the main characters i i just about said out loud let's all use our words here <laughs> yeah and then continue to think that for the next 20 minutes mm-hmm. uh where mr mad scientist is uh <laughs> yeah front and center of the screen really but anyway we should we should talk about some of the characters and people you may know here and I think I want to start with the director because he's honestly the most known person from this film. Okay. I just want to say before we go into this, I know nothing about any of these people. I did zero research. <laughs> so I'm going to be reacting a lot. You know what? There is a connection to a film that you picked earlier last year on this film. Or, uh, yeah, in this film. Ooh, um, I'm intrigued. So we do have connection. So Joe Dante, the director of this film. Okay, I've heard the name. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's got a bit of a cult following, honestly. Like, he's kind of a relatively interesting director from the 70s, 80s, and, and mostly 90s is, was his prime period of film. Mm-hmm. He directed the uh, movie Gremlins, both Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2. Okay. Have you seen either of the Gremlins? No, I haven't, actually. Oh, those movies would be really up your alley, I think. I feel like some of our viewers at home have, like, a jar entitled movies michael hasn't seen and they've all just added a handful of change to it (laughs) true yeah and you know what an even smaller jar that says movies that michael hasn't seen that michael would probably like as well yeah that's a small one (laughs) this one's almost like a a dry run of a movie like gremlins um in the sense that gremlins is a horror comedy and it it's just like perfected like okay it's like comparison michael mann's thief to heat like okay is the dry run heat is the real deal i would say gremlins is obviously in my opinion the better of the two movies and gremlins is something that i have seen multiple times and it is does have that large cult following with it Mm. but he's also known for the film's inner space uh a movie that we've already talked about on this podcast actually small soldiers oh yeah so very recently actually too when we did oh, okay. the dirty I guess dozen we're on a joe dante kick yeah you know what we might have to do small soldiers at some point because it's come up twice now this year yeah see that's one of those movies i saw when i was a kid and i remember nothing about so that's funny because i do remember elements of that movie i don't think it was a good movie but <laughs> i enjoyed it as a as a child this is becoming a podcast where we talk about interesting but mediocre movies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, he also did the film Inner Space, which is an interesting-sounding sci-fi comedy that I've never seen before. Okay. As well as The Burbs, which stars Tom Hanks. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I was going to mention, too, is he contributed to the Twilight Zone movie. Oh. And it was because of this film that he actually got to contribute to that, because Steven Spielberg liked this movie so much uh, as a parody of Jaws that, you know, he kind of got to be a part of the the Steven Spielberg circle. Yeah, and that is okay, that is the one thing I learned about this movie after the fact is that Steven Spielberg actually liked it. I guess Steven Spielberg is kind of a good sport about things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a yeah, cool exactly. guy. Well, without Steven Spielberg, we might not have had this film in in a roundabout way, but that's a story for next probably week. In another time. Yeah. <laughs> and by another time you mean the next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Talking about characters and people you may know, like I said, there's not necessarily a lot of modern day actors in this film. It's a low budget B horror comedy film. I will say before we get into it, the actors are actually pretty good. Yeah, they're not bad. I I agree with you. Even some of the hammier ones, I'm like, okay, like I believe it. <laughs> like, 
every actor went for it yeah, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody phoned it in. No, definitely not. And you could tell everybody was having a lot of fun on this one. Especially sure. the two leads, right? They actually had pretty yeah. decent chemistry. I would agree with you, actually. I had a, I had a lot of fun with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two leads here. Is Paul Grogan, the stereotypical grumpy al- alcoholic loner, um, living way up in the mountains by himself without any sort of form of communication to the outside world like the guy doesn't even own a car no but he does own a raft (laughs) (laughs) a like tom sawyer kind of like down the river raft that is one of the moments in the movie where you're kind of just like it's so contrived that you're almost just like okay (laughs) whatever (laughs) that's (laughs) exactly it that is it in a nutshell i literally wrote that down i was like there it is. There's like the most contrived part of this movie. Yeah, like. really. It's also a sign of why this movie wouldn't work in like 2023 because you could just oh, FaceTime yeah. somebody. I guess yeah, 40 exactly. years ago, though, sometimes you just had to take a raft down the river. Yeah, that's something that I'm I'm really interested to talk about when we get to like who this movie is for because I have a lot of thoughts on that as well. Mm-hmm. So that is played by Bradford Dillman. I don't really have a lot to talk about with his like modern day films because there isn't really a lot there from the modern day that you're gonna that you're gonna know. Yeah. The other main actor or main character is Maggie McGowan. She's kind of playing like a, a private investigator looking for the teenagers who disappear in the the opening scene. Yeah, what is her uh, what is her um what is her actual job? Like a searcher or something? I forget what she calls yeah, herself. It's a skip tracer. A skip I tracer. Is what she yeah. Called. In terms of character type, she almost kind of reminded me of like like a gal Friday kind of like plucky intrepid reporter. Right. From like an old 40s comedy, but she's a person finder. Yeah, and and you know what? It's actually I actually liked her in that role as well because it's not necessarily a role that you would expect a, a female to have in like a movie, right? As a private investigator. No. So like we'll just for the viewers at home, basically like she's this very plucky, upbeat kind of career woman who is pretty in over her head but she's just trying her best the whole movie yeah yeah very much agreed she i actually liked her a lot she was a lot of fun yeah so did i (laughs) so did i played by heather menzies who actually is a relatively famous actor uh she played louisa von trapp in the sound of music oh shit yeah, so it, I mean, more of a childhood actor, I guess, at that point. But still, like, that's a that's a relatively large role, like a pretty iconic movie. I think everybody's seen it. I don't know if everybody likes it. Um, We've all seen it though. Probably in that camp. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> so she did. She went from the sound of music to this. I'm not sure if that's an upgrade or a downgrade, but well, you know, childhood acting. It's a little hit or miss, right? Sure. But anyway, um, who else do we have? We have the mad scientist, Dr. Robert Hoke, who is deep involved in the, the piranha conspiracy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're turning the piranhas gay, Michael. <laughs> uh, he was... He was a good actor, but I think maybe he knew the movie he was in more than anyone else. Like, he was just, like... <laughs> yeah like there's one scene in particular that we'll talk about in next week episode where i was just like okay like i guess this is happening (laughs) but yeah yeah. no he was he was yeah i feel like he was maybe more in on the joke than everyone else right Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and so those are kind of our main our main setup of characters there's a few other characters that i do want to mention and and also just because they're so like 
such character character yeah yeah, character. yeah, yeah. i think i know who How you're gonna bring up it? next i don't know if you do dr mangers the other mad scientist to the connection to dr hoke okay no actually that wasn't what i was gonna say she's involved a little bit maybe halfway through the film when the military starts getting involved in everything and she's kind of the liaison of the uh, military and and in involved in some way with the science uh experiment and she's played by barbara Steele, who's actually uh considered one of the greatest scream queens of all time we've actually talked about her because she had a role in the movie eight and a half oh really wait yeah was she the wife in eight and a half or no was she the mistress in eight and a half no she was married to one of the oh was she the sister-in-law oh was she, she one was... of the side characters young <laughs> wife i should really know people's names i love how you just guessed like a million different people yeah i basically point. just going through all the different women in the movie like her 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 she plays gloria morin meza Bada's new young girlfriend yeah yeah, yeah i think that's, that's what the I older said. guy right yeah, yeah no okay. i remember you, you said like eight people there you can't claim like wow i got, got it right come person. on <laughs> give me that okay and so you know she's probably the most well-known actor in in this film although there is there is one back of my pocket uh actor i'm gonna tune a sec buck gardner is another character he's basically plays the pure capitalist um the guy who's running yeah the guy who's running the resort um who knows that the piranhas exist because everybody tries to warn him and he's like we're not gonna shut down on my opening day no matter what happens so like the mayor from jaws but exactly but like turned up to 11 yeah wow that's hilarious and turned up to absolute 11 you know who my favorite character was who the guy in charge of the kids camp that guy yes he was the camp counselor dude the camp counselor dude he was hilarious Every time he was on yeah. screen, I was laughing. Like, he's basically, like, he's so pompous, but, like, so dead serious. It's perfect. Like, so the whole deal yeah. is Grogan has a daughter who's at the summer camp. Another contrivance. You know, you've got you've got <laughs> yeah. killer piranhas. You've got to put them at a summer camp on the lake, right? His, his estranged daughter, like, right. who's living with his ex... Um, who he's put in summer camp and he has absolutely zero way of contacting or getting to her do, 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 at do, do, any do. point. So the whole like... the tension is she's scared of the water, but in order to get your water badge, you have to swim. So the first scene yeah. with this guy, he's like, intestinal fortitude, Grogan. Do you know what that means? And she's like, guts. And he's like, yes, guts. <laughs> or there's another scene where Grogan gets a hold of him and it's the middle of the night and he's woken up from a dead sleep he's like oh yes grogan i remember you you were drunk last time we talked he's like fly straight and narrow grogan and then he just hangs up (laughs) or like yeah there's another scene where like he thinks he's he's searching for teenagers that might be swimming in the lake at night he's like if i catch those teenagers swimming they're gonna be in hot water and I'm like, whoa, I love this guy so much. <laughs> Everything about him is priceless. Yeah. And we should talk about, like, you know, you mentioned that the contrivance of the fact that Paul Grogan's daughter is one of the kids at this that the summer camp kind of thing. Yeah. The summer camp plays a pretty large role because it's the, 
you know, it's the main driving force of Paul. Like it's downriver from where the, the evil piranhas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, he's trying his best to get there, but because of how like ridiculous this movie places its characters into like all of these different situations, like it takes almost the entire movie for him to get there, even though, you know, they're realistically only like, I don't know, 30 kilometers away, like max kind of thing. Yeah, I guess like if I was like a hack screenwriter in the 70s and I was assigned to write this script, I'd just be like, um, okay, killer piranhas. Um, okay, so the main character has a daughter at summer camp down river. <laughs> but it also plays into like the, you know, like the campfire horror kind of stories. Like it, it fits somewhere in that group it's, that of it's of effective and, and, right like yeah. how else are you supposed yeah. to make this premise terrifying right yeah and you know like being in this genre of movie at this period of time there's also a lot of nudity in this film oh yeah and so it's like also pretty heavily sexualizes the like camp counselors at there so it's also like playing into that trope pretty heavily as well yeah yeah my favorite part is when there's two teenage there's two teenage girls camp counselors and it's late at night and the one is like come on let's go for a swim blah 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 and the one yeah can, they're and, like let's go skinny tipping and the, but the other one's like i don't know i have a bad feeling and i i was sitting there and i was like oh because she read the script she read the script so she knows not to go in the water nice there is actually so this is where the probably the most famous person other than Barbara Steele is Laura Dickinson, the blonde camp counselor. She's played by Melody Thomas Scott, who's a regular on the long standing series uh The Young and the Restless. Oh. So yeah, she went on to have like quite the career in, in soap opera TV. <laughs> Good for her. You know what though? I will say everyone in this movie is pretty charming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even the big players, you're just like, ah, all right. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You're really not. Like, this is a movie that it's pretty fun. Like, it's a pretty enjoyable film. Like, it's not a good movie, but it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie either, you know? Like, it just kind of swings for the fences. Yeah. I mean, what I'll say is that, like, you know, this plot has some pretty deep holes into it like mile wide holes in it it's extraordinarily contrived like yeah and it's so funny because this movie fits into this very niche spot of like you being you and i know that you're a person who cares about plot and characters yeah and yet this is a film that just so completely disregards like you know, well-built plot and characters. You know what, though? I don't know that I fully agree on the character front, at least. Because, like, there is a scene early on where Grogan talks about how he's estranged from his wife and his daughter and he's living on unemployment and stuff. And then, what's her name, Maggie, kind of comes on to him. And I was kind of like... Oh, like, I almost feel like this movie does, in a weird way, respect some of its characters. Yeah. Like, maybe they're not super deep, but they're at least consistent. They're at least charming, right? Yes. Like, there's that exchange early in the movie when, like, she gets him to drive her up the mountain and she's like, you think I'm wasting my time, don't you? He's like, no, I think you're wasting my time. And I was like, that's funny. (laughs) Like, that's, it's a little cheesy, but it's funny. Like, (laughs) I'm on board. Yeah, no, <laughs> I I very much agree. So who is this movie for? I think that if you like 
that perfect blend of horror and comedy, um, especially like camp comedy, literal like <laughs> at parts yes, camp comedy. This is a movie that I think a lot of people are going to have fun with. Yeah. Here's the thing as well. Like like I said before, it's it's a relatively fight tight film. It's 90 minutes long. It's paced relatively well. Like you said, it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's kind of uh, an interesting contrast to Jaws in the sense that like Jaws is Scary. this movie. Of, well, Jaws has this good tension buildup, right? Like it's build, 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 release, build, 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 release, build, 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 release. Whereas this film, I think the biggest releases of tension, the biggest horror elements to me are in like the last kind of acts of the film. Sure. Um, where things like really explode everywhere. Right. But even then, it's not exactly a scary movie, is it? <laughs> I thought the last couple of acts, like, it does it really well. And, you know, you, we don't get to see a lot of, like, daylight horror. That's true. Yeah. And so I can really appreciate when a film can kind of get out of the norm of, like, you know, the dark, like, what's, like, on the other side of the room in the shadows kind of thing. Like, this, this film is, like, some of the best scenes of horror in this film are in broad daylight, middle of the day. I guess most of this movie is in broad daylight, middle of the day, right? Yeah, exactly. Except for the um, opening, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need to talk about it. I can't wait opening. to talk about, yeah, I can't wait to dissect the opening of this film Okay. in our spoilerful discussion. So next week, if you want to see me and Blake talk about a really bewildering horror movie, you know where to find us. Yeah. Like it's a cult classic, so you know if you if you like those small cult classic films, this is gonna slot really easily into your your watch list because it's like a a man versus nature horror film, um and like specifically like man versus beast kind of thing, you know like um if you're a fan of of the modern day films like Sharknado, uh was one that immediately came to mind. Yeah. Cocaine Bear like is the probably the most relevant film right now uh, that it came I think in year. 40 years some dudes are going to be doing a podcast talking about cocaine bear <laughs> yeah I haven't watched it yet um I haven't heard great things about it I don't know that the comedy is quite on up to point? par with like no yeah with this film uh, the other one that came to mind was crawl uh which I think is just more pure horror but I've heard good things about crawl and I haven't I haven't watched it yet oh okay yeah I think Quentin Tarantino really liked that one. So it's it's one that's on my list to check out at some point. Okay, cool. But what I'll say about this film is that you have to watch this film in the frame of mind of the period that it takes place in yeah. the 70s. Because this film does not work in a modern day. No, not even a little. This movie would have been done about 10 minutes in after Paul Grogan whips out his cell phone and calls yeah. the police. Or goes on Facebook and posts about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this film just puts these characters in such remote uh, settings and just keeps them, like, as far away from civilization as possible for as long as possible, right. basically, and lets the piranhas wreak havoc. Um, and it just constantly is, like, slowing our main characters down, them to a crawl. Yeah, and I have to say, like, the tension does almost kind of work when you just see everything trying to stop them, right? It does, you do yeah, kind of almost right. feel for these guys. You're like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. So like a lot of that, you have to put yourself in that kind of frame of mind of this film takes place like 50 years ago. But in that setting, like it, it does work relatively well. That's fair. I agree with that. So anyways, 
yeah, I mean, I honestly think this movie is kind of worth your time if you're in the mood for a laugh. Yeah, I like it. And if if you're interested in like some good, well thought out horror elements, like I I thought some of the ideas uh and and some of the settings, like I'm a big Stephen King horror novel reader, and so you know I, I can always appreciate when creative geniuses can like really write characters into some really interesting unique settings Mm -hmm. and i thought this movie did that really well you know sometimes they were very contrived but you know beyond that thought i was having a lot of fun with with what was going on on screen and this movie is fun like you know yeah it is a fun time it might not be anything else but it's fun (laughs) i very much agree and I think I'll come back to this one at some point in time as well, um, because I had uh, I might, so much fun with that. Might be on, we'll see. Maybe in five years, if we're still doing this podcast, we can come back to it. Yeah, we'll we'll do the repiranning. Yeah, the repiranning. Okay. <laughs> well, on that weird, why don't we end it on that incredibly lame joke? <laughs> well, we've got a couple other quick uh, things to mention. So, like, when to watch? For me, this is a great night friday night like late night horror film you know it's the the stakes are both high and relatively contained (laughs) at the same time contained is a good word for it like the implications of the film are are somewhat interesting and i'm really actually interested in talking about the implications of the the film uh in the spoiler full discussion but okay for the bulk of the movie you know we're talking about the stakes of like a small camp and like you know individuals kind of thing rather than the the state of the world or something like that you know i would agree that it's a friday night watch yeah i I like this one a lot in that time period uh where to watch right now streaming on tubi with ads that's where i watched it you can also check it out if you have shutter the horror oh yeah there's a horror streaming platform i haven't i haven't subscribed to shutter before but i really really want to because i am a big horror buff and honestly, if you have Shudder, you've probably already seen this movie because I got to imagine it's one of the classics on there. Mm-hmm. You can also check it out on AMC+. Plus. Cool. So a lot of options to watch this one. And like you said, it, it honestly is worth your time. And honestly, it's 90 minutes. How much? <laughs> you don't need much more time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I really hope that you check this one out. Um, It's the cult classic from 1978. And I hope you enjoy it and have as much fun with it as it sounds like uh, you and I both did. I think after agree, it's good that we can kind of come back to each other and uh, yeah. <laughs> finally agree on something again. <laughs> and who who would have thought that it would have taken a bunch of mutant piranhas to do it? Yeah. <laughs> who would have guessed it? <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that is it then for this week. Uh, so we've got part two, our spoiler full discussion next week. And then we're probably going to have a week break and then we'll be getting into the draft episode. And I'm really excited. I've, I've just watched, finished watching my films. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on them and I'm excited to see what you guys did. I think you're going to like my pick. You've said that and I, I've kind of narrowed down what I think you've done to like two options. Okay, well, let's see if you know me as well as you think you do. I yeah yeah we'll see we'll see I'm I Jason's got a lot wider of a scope to who he could pick uh than either you or I so I think that's true I think he's gonna be the hardest one out of the three of us to guess what he's done um but well, I'm looking forward to that it. guy who knows what that guy's up to <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough all right see you next time bye stay out of the water.